Welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast. Real stories of women who went from feeling like they would never make it in the online space to creating way more money and freedom. I'm your host, Carrie Beach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a life and success coach that helps female entrepreneurs bust through self-doubt and fear so that they can have wildly profitable online businesses. I personally entered the online space insanely confident in my ability to coach women and have a thriving business. And yet when I couldn't sign a client to save my life, it was insanely frustrating. I speak to women every single day who have this experience, and I'm here to change the conversation so that you can step into your confidence and make more money doing work that you are here to do on this planet. Join us for season five, where you will hear 12 women's stories with creating their own thriving businesses and what it actually looks like behind the scenes to do so. We dive deep into topics you will not find in front-end marketing that will give you tips, tools, and a whole lot of permission to do life and business your own way, while also feeling less alone and growing your income and your impact. So I'm Beth Blanco. Um, I've been a certified financial counselor since 2005, which is kind of a funny story because I was in lending for 10 years. So I, I like to the other side. But what really happened was I got, um, my daughter got really sick and I went through a divorce and I went through a financial nightmare and I got myself out of it. And then I wanted to help other people. But my major goal is to help women become powerful financially so we can take over the world basically. So that's I me. I love it. So we can rule the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here for that. All right. So can you talk to us about a time when you were showing up consistently in your business, but you were not having results and what was going on? Sure. So I tried to do lives like you know, at certain days on certain times and, you know, whether I felt like it or not, but because I wanted to be consistent, but if your heart isn't in it, people can feel, they can feel if the energy isn't there or if you're just trying to go through the motions. The other thing that I did was I was consistent in some places, but not in others because I was afraid of being seen or what would Aunt Linda think, right? Mm. And and I really just had to work on, I had to do a lot of inner work and get over my, my shit basically. So we can have this perfect checklist and do everything and check it off. And it's still not really, um, create results because it's really all about our energy. Like, like 90% of it's about our energy and 10% is strategy around there anyways. Ah, that's so good. And I mean, so much what I believe too, because I watch it all the time, right? Or it's even when somebody goes to quote unquote, copy someone's strategy or do the same thing as someone else, but then they don't get the results because they don't have the energy and belief behind what they're doing. Totally agree. So how did you reach this point where you're like, okay, I need to look at some inner stuff that what I'm doing is not working. Like, did you have a moment where some of it kind of clicked in for you? Well, I've always been very intuitive and I really knew deep down inside that there was a lot of stuff that I had to conquer anyways. Um, I had a bad relationship with my dad. I felt like he never liked me. 
Uh, and although now I've done so much healing and, and inner work and looking back, I think he just wasn't ready to be a dad and a husband at 22. And he kind of took that out on me. I was the firstborn. And I'm pretty like rebellious. Like if you tell me to go right, I'll probably turn left just out of spite. <laughs> so some of our problems were my fault. I'm, I'm willing to admit that now. But I realized that I just had to get rid of my shit. I had to heal it. I had to be okay with saying, hey, my dad doesn't like me and we haven't spoke um, in God, 14 years now. My daughter was 16, or no, 11 years. My daughter was 16 and she's 27, going to be 28 now. So, and, and I'm fine with it. So, you know, hey, he's missing out. I'm amazing. So, yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that because that to me speaks to what's within our power and what's not. And, right. You know, and it's hard because it doesn't mean there's not pain there or things that you have to work through, but ultimately like to be in your power to make decisions like that of, you know, who do I want to allow in my life? I know I'm amazing. I know what I have to offer and how do I like not chase people, so to speak. hundred percent. I'm not willing. If somebody doesn't want to be in my life, then there's the door or whatever. Um, you know, it, it all comes back to self-love and if we don't love ourselves if we don't like and I didn't love myself or even like myself at one point mm -hmm. and you have to do that you know journey work or you you just you won't accomplish anything because you don't love yourself enough to actually show up and do it so yeah so sometimes I think we can be really in the like the weeds of the work and we know what it is that we're doing when we talk about like inner work or healing. But I think sometimes if it doesn't make sense yet, it's kind of like we're talking another language. So I'm wondering if you can tell people like what it was for you that you felt like you needed to look at and inner work and kind of what that looks like. For sure. Because I, I became spiritual when my daughter became ill. She was on life support for five days, but I was mm -hmm. like more like a, a Christian. I, you know, I got on my hands and knees and cried up to God, Jesus, whoever, you know, and, and like basically bartered for her life. Okay. I made a deal and then, but I kept my promise. And so, but then the, my spirituality has changed over the years and now I'm more like enlightened. I re read the book, The Secret, and it like, it totally blew my mind, changed my life, opened me up to law of attraction, manifesting, all of that stuff. So when I read that book and changed my life and everything, I had been through counseling. I had been on antidepressants. I had depression most of my, a lot, a lot of my life. And a lot of it had to do with my dad and anxiety. And I had done all that traditional stuff. None of it really worked. I was a functioning depressed person or anxiety person. I, I had three college degrees. I went to work every day. My kids were fed and clothed. But beyond that, I had no inner joy or peace or, or none of that. But what I did really was I knew no matter how ugly or, you know, messy it looked, I had to get over all my hangups. And so, and I wrote a book about it too. It's called Dust mm -hmm. Yourself Up. But what I, what I really did was I, I journaled and I journaled and I journaled and I journaled some more. <laughs> Not just. But for two and a half years, I really journaled. And every time I got triggered by somebody or something, I journaled that shit out like constantly. 
But not only that, I took up meditation, which is life-changing, amazing. It totally took my anxiety away. Don't even, Mm. I rarely get pissed off anymore. I mean, I kind of can get mad a little bit, but I can shift it so easy now. I've done EFT tapping, and then I journaled some more. Um, (laughs) And and just being around other like-minded people that, you know, are enlightened and that have you know goals and visions. I stop watching the news. I, um, you know, I read, I'm into self-development and just all of that. And it really does change your perspective and outlook on life. So uh, that's basically a lot of the techniques that I've used. Yeah. Well, and I think the whole purpose, right, is to figure out what works for you Um, But I also think it's always helpful to hear what does work for other people so that people can kind of like test and tweak and try different things on because before you know what works for you, it it can feel a little, um, not disempowering, but just frustrating because you're like, well, why is this working for her kind of thing? But it's always helpful to just have an open mind and be willing to try different ways of being and different, you know, um, practices such as meditation or journaling or tapping. Sure. And I'm not against the traditional ways. Like I wish therapy would have worked for me because I would have kicked this long time ago. It just Mm. didn't sitting down on a couch telling somebody, you know, how does that make you feel or whatever? Just, you know, I wanted to throw something at the therapist. That's how it made me want to feel. I had such a bad temper. I really curved it, but I had such a bad temper that when I get upset, I did literally have thrown things. I've broken things. I broke my washing machine and stuff. I don't do any of that anymore. So now, now it's how I know that I've kind of, you know, evolved or whatever you want to say. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you were in your business showing up and you weren't seeing results, did you just go, okay, I have to return to more inner work. And I know that that must be the missing piece. Yeah. I just knew that there was something missing and I would, I had to figure out what it is because it is frustrating as an entrepreneur to see other people winning and you're not, and you're, you know, I'm rooting for you, but then I'm like, well, but when is it my turn? Is it just something like I, I, I don't have the numbers or I don't have, you know, whatever. And then it all comes back to any of our problems or issues. It all comes back to us, unfortunately. So you, when you kind of rule out the other things and you come back to yourself and like, well, it's something it's me. So that's what I did. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't love that more. I was having a conversation recently and it was me like talking about something and the person goes, well, it's your fault. And at first I was kind of like, what? Because it was something that someone else like didn't show up for. And then as we talked about it, I was just like, yeah, a hundred percent, because it was like, I didn't deal with, you know, the pieces that I needed to deal with. And so it was on me to do that. But I think when we can come to that place of radical responsibility of going, Mm -hmm. it's all on me. And it doesn't mean other people don't play into it. Of course they do. But when you can take the stance of like, what can I look at within myself? Because that is what is within my power. That's perfect. Yes. And even relationships, even though there's two people, we do um, have a responsibility. Like we, we set our boundaries. And if we, you know, don't expect certain, like how to be treated, for example, or whatever. And I had to really get through, 
you know, get that um, in my brain because I've had a lot of disastrous romantic relationships and I had to come to grips that I allowed them because I didn't put boundaries about how I expected to be treated and all of these things. And I'm on a hiatus from dating right now, but if I ever do, I will again. Um, but I'm just like, I'm focused on my career and everything else right now. There's going to be some, I mean, they're going to have to show up consistently. They're going to have to flatter me, throw chocolate at me. I mean, it's going to be really hard on them. So yeah. (laughs) I love that, but it's, you know, being okay with owning what it is that you are available for. My name is Lauren. I'm a brand designer, Squarespace and show website designer and SEO strategist for coaches and creatives who want to professionalize their business, attract more aligned clients and generate new leads from Google each month. Love it. So glad you're here. Thanks for joining us, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So can you talk to us about a time in your business when you felt like you were showing up really consistently, but you were not seeing the results that you were seeking and what was going on? Yeah, I would say that um, that happened predominantly a little over a year ago. I was probably about nine months full-time in business. I had been booked out for about like seven months consecutively. And then I went two months with like no clients, (laughs) no calls, nothing was happening. And at the time I was working with a coach and um, I was showing up on Instagram stories every single day, um, providing value and pitching my services. Um, I was also in Facebook groups posting every day in a few different Facebook groups and also engaging with people in those communities. And um, yeah, no one was reaching out. Um, You know, of course, I'd get like a couple of comments on my posts, but definitely nothing like substantial. And so that was definitely a really tough and stressful time, just pushing myself to show up every day, um, but not seeing any kind of like result from that. So looking at it now, do you have the hindsight of like, what you feel like was going on in that time? Yeah. So I realized that one, my content was really boring. (laughs) Um, That was a really big thing was that like my Instagram posts, I think were just written almost like a dictionary, like my educational, like value posts. They just weren't, they weren't very fun. They didn't have like any personality And also I realized that my like messaging and like positioning in general, like in how I speak about my services, like that was definitely off as well. So then after working with another coach and going through a different program, that's where I realized that that was why I wasn't getting clients. And so then once I was able to like connect the dots with the help of that coach, that's where it started to make a lot more sense. um, And I started to sign more clients. Mm. So did you feel like you had to speak a certain way or write your content a certain way? Is that why you were showing up kind of through the lens of how you were before? I think it was more like I didn't know what I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. I needed someone to show me that I was doing things wrong. And one of the coaches that I was working with at the time, um, you know, she was looking through my content and like it, like, I guess like from her side, it looked good. And, you know, then I, I went and posted it, but then working with a different coach, that's when I realized that it definitely wasn't okay. So I was like in the mindset of, oh, like my content is good, but something is off, but I didn't know what it was. 
So then that's when like working with that other coach, I got that clarity, but it was really just, I felt like I was doing what I needed to do and I didn't know, you know, like what actually had to change. I didn't know what, what the actual problem was. And it's so important, right, that we're solving the right problems versus like making it into be something bigger than it needs to be or thinking like, oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z when really it's like, no, you just need to do A right in front of you. And that's all you need to focus on. So I think it's so helpful for that outside perspective. Like I love what you said of you don't, you didn't know what you didn't know. And then you also had that outside perspective, you know, whether that's a coach or a mastermind or like, it really doesn't matter what it is, but we're just in our own brains and our own experience. And so to have that outside perspective is just really invaluable when it comes to business. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm so grateful for my coach. Um, and just, yeah, like providing that insight that, you know, I really had no idea what I was doing wrong. And it's just, you know, it is definitely like a scary investment to, you know, hire a coach, but they really do help you see those things that you're not able to see yourself. Mm. And then also looking at it from the perspective of, right, like the lessons that you got to learn as a result of that versus being like, oh my gosh, there's something terribly wrong with my business. I'm never going to be successful. You know, like we can make it into be this huge mind drama Or, you know, maybe, and I don't know, I'd be curious to hear a little bit more of like, okay, so maybe it was two months you didn't have clients, but my guess is like you reworked your content and then continued to step back out there and sign more clients. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I definitely didn't give up and I just kind of like pushed through it and continued to um, put myself out there and tweak things as I needed to. Um, And then that definitely did help me land a couple more clients. And, you know, since then it hasn't been like the smoothest journey. I've definitely had my ups and downs, but after getting that knowledge and feedback that I needed from my coach, that definitely helped make things <laughs> a lot easier and just like providing that like massive clarity. Yeah. Cause I, I, I had no idea like what was going on. I thought I was like doing everything right, but there was obviously something wrong. And so that really helped me uncover like what was actually going on underneath. Mm, yeah. So what would you give as advice for someone who's in that position? Because I, I love how you speak about this. It feels to me, at least from a totally outside perspective, like you were not there taking everything personally or like taking all that on where I think that's a really big struggle for a lot of female business owners of that personal aspect to it. So I wonder what advice you would give someone when they're in that position and like hearing feedback and how to navigate it. Yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely like don't take it personally, like whatever, um, you know, you're like, if your coach is telling you to change things or, you know, if you are showing up and you're just feeling like no one is like listening to you, like people definitely are. It's just that you might not be saying the right things in like the right way. But I would say that you definitely, like, if you feel like you're lost, then I would say to invest in a coach um, because they really are going to be able to provide um, that, that clarity for you. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I just, you, you have to be so willing and open to receive that, right? And so I, I know that that's mm-hmm. where I, I watch a lot of people not get the help that they want because, you know, it's standing in our own way and being our own mm-hmm. biggest objection and limitation, which, you know, I think 
to some degree, we always will be because that's just the reality of life. But the more open we can be to receive that feedback, like the faster we're going to grow and the faster we're going to see the results that it is that we're wanting and, you know, in our businesses. Yeah, exactly. You definitely have to put aside like your pride and your ego and just accept that you need to get that help. Because like you said, like if you want to achieve that result or have that level of success that you're dreaming, dreaming about, you really do have to get that help because it's going to take you a lot longer to get there on your own, especially if you're not seeing results right now. Mm. So did you immediately invest in coaching when you were not seeing results or how did you come to that conclusion to make that investment? Yeah, um, I would say that a few months after going full time, when I was like kind of getting a couple of clients on Upwork or like the different freelancing platforms that if I wanted to like actually make real money, I needed to take on clients privately. So I did invest in um, my first group coaching program, although I didn't see the results from that that I wanted. But at the time it was, I think it was five or $600 and that was like a lot to me. But being where I am now, I know that that's a really cheap group coaching program. So then I invested in a different one um, a couple months later and that's where you know, I gained a lot more clarity. Um, and I would say that like between the two months after I went full time up until, I mean, I guess even now, like, it's not like I've been doing one-on-one coaching every single month, but I definitely have been in and out of group coaching programs and one-on-one coaching. And I've definitely seen the, uh, the return on investment from that coaching for sure. Mm -hmm. Love that. And I love what you said before, I think is so, so important for everyone to hear and continue to hear is like, your journey was not the smooth way of getting to where you are. And it never is going to be right. I mean, I think we have this illusion in our mind of it's this straight line, and it's linear. And it just never is ever for anyone. Yeah, it's so easy to look at other people around you and to just see like how successful they are and see how they're having like five figure launches and like this and that, but they also could be like, you know, five to eight steps ahead of you. And even people that might be starting out that are seeing more success than you, like you just, you can't compare yourself to other people as much as you really want to, because you just have to like, remember that like your journey is your journey and it's going to unfold how it should be. And, uh, yeah, you just have to like stay the course and just focus on like what you're doing and, you know, like how you're planning to like make money in your business and not, you know, trying to put all the focus on other people because that's only going to distract you from, you know, having that level of success that you want. Mm, Yeah. So well said. Yes. My name is Clara Capano and I am the owner of Sunspire Consulting. I am a, a speaker, a trainer, a published author and a business coach. And I really focus on working with working women and helping them find not only purpose in their business, but making sure that they're not losing sight of their life along the way as well. Amazing. Perfect. Yay. I'm so glad that you are here. So talk to us about showing up in your business when you felt like you were showing up really consistently, but you were not seeing results and what was going on. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I think first of all, the component of showing up is so important. And when we show up, we realize it's both physical 
and mental showing up. Because I think we've all had a moment where we show up and physically, but mentally we're just not really there and we're not really committed. Um, and I know that, you know, even right now, so, you know, it's making sure with COVID, I'm doing so much more online and sometimes people don't see me. So it'd be very easy to just, you know, show up and not have makeup on and do that. But it's, I really want to make sure that I'm showing up being very present and having the energy that I need to bring. But sometimes even the best laid plans need to be adjusted. And one of the things I teach all of my clients and in my training classes, especially around business planning, is you cannot be afraid to overhaul your plans because you have to make sure that you are taking time to adjust and to pivot and evolve because things that worked three months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, don't always work right now. So many times I show up and I'm doing the same things because consistency is key. But as, as the needle moves, we have to be able to move and evolve with it. So there have been times where I show, you know, would show up and I would say, well, I'm doing the same calls, I'm talking with people, I'm posting it, but for that, whatever was going on, it wasn't working. And I think it's important to really think about, okay, well, what is working? And if I like the results, how can I do those? But if things aren't working, how can I adjust and pivot? An example of this, you know, more recently for me has been around social media. You know, social media mm -hmm. changes so often. And just because I was having success in getting followers and posting maybe at a certain time of day or with a certain time of topic three months ago, I'm noticing that my numbers are shifting. So I have to now approach it differently. I have to look at my target audience. What is it that they need now? Because the things that they needed, motivation, inspiration, direction-wise, coaching tips-wise, could be very different than it was when we first went into COVID back in the early spring. Looking at the time of day that I'm posting, when are people paying attention to it? So this idea of really making sure that you give yourself permission, even when you put a plan in place, it's okay to reflect on it and adjust it as necessary. The same exact thing happens when we go on a trip. You know, sometimes we yeah. go on a trip and we have our roadmap all laid out and all of a sudden we have an obstacle. We have a, a detour. Well, you know, obstacles and detours are not meant to stop us. They are meant to redirect us. And we have to think of it the same way. Sometimes our plans, we have to redirect. So I think it's really important that you don't put it down on paper and say, I cannot deviate. I would say when you put together your business plan, I encourage my clients every 90 days to do a full overhaul, to really sit down and really identify what's working, what's not working, what needs to be adjusted, where do I need to pivot? Yeah. Well, there's so many good things you said in there, starting with the energy piece, which I am all about because I agree completely, you know, and people can feel that, right? They can feel your energy. And so it's not that you have to be positive all the time or high vibe all the time. It's not that, but we are in control of our energy and that's a big component of showing up. And so mm -hmm. noticing that and paying attention to that for ourselves is so important in the work that we do because people are going to feel that. We do. And we teach that a lot in um, the classes that I teach. I am an independent contractor and work with a program called Ninja Selling. And we talk a lot about that and the idea of showing up in what we call your performance quadrant, which is your high positive quadrant. But you're right. You know, we all change and we have days where our energy might be higher than others. But I really am trying to stay connected with when I show up for people they are paying me to be in my performance quadrant. And if I show up as anything less than that version of myself, 
I am not serving them at the highest level possible. And one of the things that I started doing is I looked at myself and I encourage, I do an exercise with my people and I ask them to think about a time that they were in that performance quadrant. You know, I use the terminology, when was a time that you felt you were in your groove? You know, where everything was clicking along the way that it was supposed to go. And think about five words that you would use to describe that moment. So for me, when I am in my performance quadrant, my words are energized, prepared, passionate, genuine, and inspiring. Because those words define Clara when Clara shows up as her best. So I actually put those words on a note card. And every morning, Mm. I check in with those words. And I ask myself, okay. You're getting ready to get out there and perform, whether it's a coaching call, whether I'm writing, whether I'm teaching. And I ask myself, are you prepared to be this version of yourself? Because that's what your people are expecting from you. And, you know, I'm human just like everyone else. And sometimes I'm not feeling super energized. So then I have to have a little pep talk with myself and say, okay, what are you going to do to get energized? Do you need to listen to a piece of music? Do you need to read something inspirational? But the idea is first, you've got to define what it means for you to show up. What does it mean? What does it mean when you say, I have to have the energy to show up? Define that for yourself and then check in with it on a regular basis to make sure you are doing that. That's such a great practical tip that everyone can apply. So I love that. I love when guests have such uh, important information to pass along on just a practical level that it's like anyone can do this. You can go do this exercise right now. And then it's the mental discipline to actually do that every day right? Like I talk a lot about, we can talk about mindset work or we can do it. Like there's a difference. (laughs) (laughs) You know, which is, which is is really frustrating. Yeah. You know, and you have to really be committed to it. And that's why I really like looking at it from the idea of how am I serving? So Mm. I'm not just showing up for me and certainly I feel better, but I'm showing up for my people because I am there really to serve them. And so for me being able to spin it around and say, you know, this this is what my purpose is, it makes it more connected. I feel like I'm more connected to my people and, you know, really bringing the best version of myself for others. Yes. And that brings it back to what you said before that is so important that I I notice, and I'm sure you found the same, um, females in particular struggle a lot, I find, um, to really be the CEOs of their business and to get really objective about what's going on. And so the more we can take that lens, and I love that you said the 90-day cycle, because I find that to be really true, right, in business cycles of, of not not giving up on a strategy before then, because it really takes that amount of time to, to see the fruits of the labor. But when we can get that objective and really look at data, it's taking ourselves out of it. And it is looking at like, are people hearing what they need to hear? Because our business really is about service. And so, you know, I watched way too many females just take things personally and not want to make adjustments because they have fear or, and I I get it, we're all human, but the more we can really step outside of ourselves and be the CEO, the better everyone is in the process because then we're serving people really well. You hit it spot on. I agree a hundred percent. Yep. Having that mindset of a CEO and also thinking about not just yourself, but looking at the whole picture of what is best for the organization. It doesn't matter if you're an organization of one or an organization of hundreds. You know, it's what's going to be best for the organization and how am I serving my target audience? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I um joke and I had this conversation with a couple of clients last week. You know, I like to pretend I'm the CEO of a different organization or company and it's like what would my job description be and how can I get that level of objective because otherwise I can, you know, easily look at it personally versus being like, well, if I went to work for someone else, would I just not do these things because I didn't feel like it? Or would I, you know, yeah. figure out a way that this is my job and I need to go do these things? Of course I would go yeah. figure them out. It's, it's so, yeah, and it's interesting. I, in one of the classes that I teach, you know, I talk about the idea of we have to sometimes be a better boss because our organization is only as strong as our weakest link. And the challenge of being not just, you know, a CEO of the business, but especially on the entrepreneurial side, you know, oftentimes we are both the CEO and the employee and we have to sometimes look at that and sometimes as the boss we're letting ourselves as the employee off the hook a little bit you know yeah. it's if we asked ourselves if we really said hey if i'm looking from clara ceo to looking at clara the employee is clara the employee showing up on time is she focused or is she easily distracted you know is she really doing what is in her job description or is she doing things that are outside of her job description i think if we really looked at all of those if we are being honest with ourselves, many of us probably need to be put on probation. You know, so I think it's really important, again, that we have to look at, you know, are we staying in our lane and doing the things that are really critical in our role as the CEO? Yeah, it's so true. And when you can pull the data, you know, things like time tracking, and you can look at what is actually happening versus the way our brains just naturally go to be like, oh my gosh, I spent seven hours on this. It's like, no, you spent two, you know, and once you have that data in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, tracking the time is so important. And, you know, I think people struggle with it, you know, because being honest about it can be sometimes very hard and very scary. But when you really do start tracking it for time and you start looking at, you know, where your time is going, you learn so much because sometimes I had one client that was tracking her time. And when she looked at it on average, she was really working about five and a half hours a day. And when we looked at how she can improve her business, she says, you know, I don't necessarily want to add in another three hours a day, but I can add in 30 minutes a day. And I can add it in and focus on making calls to my personal sphere of influence to get more business. So that 30 minutes a day, that two and a half hours a week, extremely manageable and actually end, ended up helping her increase her business by about 60 or 65%, you know, by just again, getting clear. And here it is. Sometimes we think we're working eight or nine hours a day, but we're really not. And then other times I know early on in my career, I was working 14 hour days but I was not being purposeful because I was getting yeah. very distracted and I was leaving a lot of time on the table. So it helps you to get more effective and efficient and really start to gain the clarity of what do I need to really focus on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Bonnie and I'm calling in from Byron Bay, Australia. Um, I actually started my business journey in Bali and just moved back to Australia from there. And I was over there for about three years building a digital marketing agency and a coaching and consulting um, service, um, basically helping people with building their businesses online and uh, creating marketing strategies through social media and mainly Instagram. So that's sort of my background. I've chopped and changed along the way, pivoted my business 
done all sorts of things in alignment with what feels good for me and the direction that my business needs to take. Um, I've built it now to have um, four employees um, and that was a remote agency. So that's across the world. I've got employees in Canada, Bali, Australia, and I love my team. It's a big part of what I do, but it hasn't always been easy getting to this point. Yeah. So can you talk to us about when maybe at the beginning or when in your business you were showing up maybe pretty regularly, but you felt like you weren't getting results and kind of what was going on? Yep. So I guess with my business, because I work as a marketing agency, I have spent so, I spent the first half of my business doing the marketing for other people. So I actually didn't put too much time into the marketing for my own and showing up because I was so busy, obviously caring for my clients and working behind the scenes there. But I got to a point where things started to shift in the business and I realized that I couldn't survive off referrals alone. So I did have to go into marketing for my own business. And that's when I was thinking, okay, now I've got to start showing up. But I was thinking, why why do I need to show up? And who am I showing up to? I think getting really clear on who my ideal client was, was, was really important and who I was speaking to and what I was trying to achieve from that. And so I began showing up to people via Instagram. I think that's a popular route for a lot of people or social media. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I wanted to give advice uh, to small business owners and other social media managers on topics within Instagram marketing. And I started, actually started an Instagram TV series on that. And this was about six to nine months ago, I think. And I did that and I hadn't really done put any effort into my own marketing. So I was starting from sort of ground zero. There was probably only a couple hundred followers on Instagram here and there and not too big an audience, but I just thought, okay, I've got to start showing up. I've got to start showing my face. I want people to see the personality behind my brand. So I kind of started diving into that. But what I found was like a lot of people in this journey that when you start doing something like filming yourself and putting yourself out there, there isn't a huge amount of people there sort of receiving that information, particularly at the beginning. And I think that throws a lot of people off. I think when you're starting on this journey, you go, why am I doing this? I'm spending all this time, you know, investing into that and spending an hour putting this episode on Instagram TV together and only one or two people show up. And that can be really disheartening. But at the same time, I think I changed my mindset around the numbers. And that was such an important part of me pushing forward and understanding that, you know, yes, I'm not showing up to thousands of people at the beginning. I might be only showing up to one person or, you know, a couple views, but I was like that one person and the information and what it can do for them has so much weight to it. So that was essentially my, my starting driving force. Obviously I wanted to market my own business, but then I thought, okay, how can I add value to my audience as I start to set out? And as what I found as time went by and I kept showing up consistently that those numbers started to grow. And I'd obviously, I'd always listen to podcasts and things as well to see what other people were doing. I'm like, all oh, these podcasters, they've got millions of followers, you know, of course they keep showing up because there's all these people there. But I did hear one at one point of advice that told me that, you know, think about your target audience as one person, you know, not a huge group of people and talk directly to that person. There's like no one else is in the room, but that person. And so I changed my mentality around that and thought, okay, if I'm showing up for Sally, who's my, who's my ideal target audience, I'm going to show up for her every week consistently with this Instagram TV. And sure enough, over six months, I did that every week. And I found things started to pick up, you know, people did start to tune in. Obviously, someone would watch it and they would tell a friend and then someone else would watch it. And then I started getting messages. And then when the messages started to come in, there wasn't a lot, obviously it's infrequent, but they do come through and people start commenting and DMing and they go, 
hey, actually your Instagram TV helped me so much in my business. There's so much value in that. I can't believe you're doing that for free. Um, thank you so much. And that sort of added fuel to my fire. I was kind of like, wow, you know what? I'm not getting paid for this, but it's actually helping people. But at the same time, it's building my brand. So you can't, you know, that you can't put monetary value on that specifically. But in turn, over time, I started getting interest for services. And then I started to move into actually coaching and consulting. And I wasn't doing any coaching and consulting at this point. I'd only had the agency side, which mm. is sort of working with clients on a um, monthly retainer basis. And I had always had coaching and consulting in my mind. But when people started coming, they go, you know, we really like your teaching style. We like the way that you show up, your passion, your enthusiasm. We want to work with you. So over the course of this six months, things started to build. So it went from obviously no one really tuning in to a handful of people, to a couple more people, now to me getting sort of coaching, consulting services and people coming through. So you can kind of see that timeline. But the biggest thing I did was that I was consistent with it. That mm. is, that was sort of, if I wasn't consistent with it and didn't show up and I decided to throw the towel in at the beginning, then I don't think I would be at this point and have turned my business around, it, particularly the coaching and the consulting side actually as well as the agency side because it adds authority to the, um, what I do in terms of marketing. But yeah, I think it's, it's such a big one because if I hadn't done that consistently, you, you wouldn't have got very far. If you show up every now and then you go, oh, I'm going to just do it now and you know, decide to jump on Instagram TV and do an episode. But then if people weren't coming back and you know, starting to be reliant on that source of information, then I don't think I would have in the timeframe that I did get it to the point that it is now. But yeah, I mean, it's daunting when, you, when you're showing up and you think that people aren't listening and you go, what am I doing this for? You have all those sort of limiting beliefs and those self-doubts come through because you think, oh, why, why am I doing this if I'm not getting paid for it? But I think you have to go back to your why. I think that's the biggest sort of driving factor. It's like, why are you doing this? You know, for what bigger reason? Of course, money is always a big driver in everything we do in business and there's no need to beat around the bush on that one. But I think understanding for me, I'm, I have this burning desire to help women and their, on their business journeys. And that was a driving factor for me. And then I saw that sort of response from people and that was enough to keep me going. And then of course, what aligns with that is the monetary value of it and people sort of, you know, dialing in and wanting to work with you. I think that's a big one, but yeah, showing up consistently. And then I've done the same with emails as well. And I commit, when I commit to something, you have to commit to it hundred percent. You can't just be like, I'm going to do this every now and then and hope that it works. Right. You have, yeah. You kind of like, I mean, I wish we all could do that. Be like, I'm just going to do it today. And you know, some people are lucky like that, but I think that consistency gets thrown around a lot. I think online these days too, but it does have a lot of power. And I think then people get to see you in that way that you want them to see and you're showing up and you're being there regularly for people and you become that source of information. And that's just so powerful. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, also it builds that trust factor that we always have to be mindful of, you know, I think it, of course it can be so discouraging. And I talk to clients, especially if they're newer in business and, you know, not seeing results yet, I get it. And I remember how frustrating it is. But we have to really be able to separate ourselves out of like taking things personally or attaching to it. Because if you are only showing up every so often, like, are you the type of service provider that somebody would trust with their money? Like we, we just have to really get objective in that type of thinking. And like, I get that it's hard, but would you give someone your money that like shows up 
every once in a while and when they feel like it, probably not. Probably not. No, <laughs> so you know? true. I think that's, I think that was another thing I was like, I, I could see you, you add that authority and credibility to your brand as well by doing that. So you're being of service obviously to people by mm-hmm. offering free advice or value through your content, but then you're also showing up and you're going, Hey, I'm here. I'm here to help you through this journey. I'm not just going to yeah, show up every now and then and be like, okay, there's a little bit of something off you go, but it kind of coming back and checking in and going, you know what? I did this Instagram story yesterday and I, I heard you, I, I put a poll out and you all voted this. So now I've gone and created an Instagram TV episode mm. to support that, you know, and that's that sort of strategy going, you know, I'm, I'm here always, you know, I'm not just, putting myself out there every now and then. And I think staying yeah, staying on top of that. And, you know, if you commit to once a week, it could be once a day, it could be once a month, but whatever it is, you stay consistent with that. And it will make, you will make the returns on it and you will find benefit from it, whether it's, yeah, words of encouragement from people and, or it's in monetary return. And I think you just get clear on what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it will return to you. Yeah. Well, and I think the other pieces that are so important that you said are the decision piece of like deciding that you're going to be consistent. Right. And it's not just like one foot in one foot out. And then it's being willing to serve the one person in front of you, which, you know, I get it. Like almost everyone has big, big visions and dreams, but I also fully know that if you're not willing to serve that one person in front of you, like why would more people show up or, like I I just think we have to remember like who is directly in front of us and it's so um dismissive really if we take a step back if you're saying like well that's not good enough yeah exactly why why would you be entrusted with more people well that's it and I think I think particularly on social media a lot of people get caught up in that numbers game and I think that's a big discouraging element that goes into it. They go, Oh, I've only got this many followers or I only had this many views. And it's always this major focus on the numbers, but you're right. If you really break it down and you go, if I'm serving one person, just one person today and they walk away and they feel inspired, empowered, and they've got the skill set to go do whatever it needs that, that they need to do, then that's going to make an impact on someone's life. And that is huge. And I think it's that mentality of changing that and going, you know what? It doesn't matter. Cause as soon as you go up, it's like an abundance versus lack mindset in a way it's kind of yep. like, Oh, well, I don't have that many people tuning in. So like, why am I going to show up next week? But it's actually the reverse. It's like, you've got one person that's amazing. You know, someone's yeah. sitting there listening to you talk you through whatever it is, it's marketing or it's, you know, life advice or whatever, whatever it is that you're putting out there. But I think, yeah, it's the numbers game that we need to change our mindset around. And then once you kind of get clear on that, it makes showing up you know, that little bit easier and knowing that you kind of, okay, I can help one person and then tomorrow's two people and then it's three people and then so on. And and then you feel good in that. And then all of a sudden, and it's an ongoing journey. You're always growing on that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think Um, we all get tricked by the numbers, but that's okay. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's learning to celebrate where we are. And like you said before, like the journey and the process that has gotten us to where we are. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. It is an honor to be in your ears each and every week. Please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And will you go ahead and do me a quick favor? Go over and leave us a review so that people can easily find this show. 
If you'd like to talk about the number one mindset shift you can make today in your business to make more money and impact, head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com and sign up for a free 30-minute call. Can't wait to chat with you so that you can have your own profitable online business. And thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week.